Major Lindsay in Africa presents Erasing the Stigma, conversations about mental health in the legal profession. Welcome everyone to Erasing the Stigma, conversations about mental health in the legal profession. I'm Mark Yacono, your host. I'm a managing director with Major Lindsay in Africa in its Transform Advisory Services Group. My guest today is Kelsey Heenan. She is a nationally recognized fitness expert, and she and her husband, Dennis, have built an amazing supportive online community called HitBurn. Uh, I'll turn it over to Kelsey to give a little more detail about her story and, and, and the company they've built. And then we're going to have a really good conversation about wellness and fitness in these challenging times. Kelsey, it's yours. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for having me on. It's, it's such a pleasure to be able to connect with you more. I mean, especially just being a part of the HitBurn community. It's just really cool to be able to connect um, on a deeper level. So like you said, my name is Kelsey and my husband and I started a company called HitBurn. So it's based around high intensity interval training. And we create workout programs that are really focused on helping people with lifestyle fitness to be able to achieve their goals, but do so in a way that they're not having to spend hours and hours in the gym. It's very accessible, but also very effective. So we started that um, a number of years ago. We have an app now. We do four challenges per year where we really uh, focus on building community and just helping support people in their fitness goals. So I uh, am a certified trainer and um, also do a lot of nutrition work as well. So I, I also have a personal brand called The Daily Kelsey where I help people in their relationship with food and exercise because often, you know, you can go to a million places uh, on the internet and get help with finding workouts or with a nutrition plan. But sometimes it's those uh, softer skills of creating a healthy relationship with food that are super important and that's often the missing link. So in my work in The Daily Kelsey, I help people um, with a lot of the, the mental aspects of choosing foods and in their workouts and all of that kind of stuff. So that's a little bit about me. Well, that is great. And, and um, I can tell the audience you're remarkable and Dennis is remarkable um, being a member of your community. So I am a bit biased, but <laughs> one of the things that I, you just said about the daily Kelsey and people's relationship with food, one of the things we've heard and some people have seen is that maintaining your weight or even gaining weight during this time has been a source of frustration. And I question whether or not your goals about food and the scale should be tied to a number. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it's interesting because people often go to the scale and, and a certain number on the scale as the metric that they want to achieve in their fitness and thinking once they reach that number, if they reach that number, then they will be happy or then they will feel confident. And it's kind of a slippery slope and I don't recommend it for a lot of reasons, but uh, the scale can just kind of be a mind game in a lot of ways, and it doesn't really tell you a whole lot about your actual fitness and how you actually feel about yourself. It's really just a number. Um, often people want to change their body composition, so they want to drop body fat or they want to get more muscle tone. Well, the scale can't differentiate between those two things. So maybe the scale says it's a higher number, but maybe you've dropped body fat and gained lean muscle mass. So you look completely different. 
So it's, it's one of those things where um, I understand that people want a quantifiable measure, but that's not the measure that I would typically suggest. And, and scales can really send off a lot of false positives, can't they? Oh, totally. I mean, there are skinny people who actually, if you do their blood work, are unhealthy. And yeah. then I remember when I did triathlon, there were a whole group of triathletes called Clydesdales, which were just mm -hmm. bigger guys over a certain weight. And they were in ama they were amazing shape. Their mm -hmm. weight wasn't really material to their stamina, their fitness, their cardiovascular capacity. Do totally. you find that um, it's a battle to help people work past the idea that a number stands for something achieved versus, um, you know, an actual state of being? It's a journey. It's, you know, a lot of people come into a challenge setting or just, you know, clients that I work with tend to have that because that's what they've been told. It's not their fault that they look to a number as, as what their goals are, because often they're like, you know, with smart goals, choose something that is, is measurable and attainable and, and that type of thing. But um, so it's not their fault that they think that way. But, you know, once I present the idea of like, okay, what if we thought about it this way? It takes a little bit of time to get some buy-in. And I give some other alternatives for things to focus on. And once they start seeing achievements in those other areas, then it's like, oh, I am winning. Oh, I am seeing a difference in how I feel. I am seeing a difference in how my clothes fit. I am seeing a difference in my strength. So one of, the, one of the things I noticed on the community as we did the challenges is there are people who would post about their weight, but at the same time, a post later, they were saying, I couldn't do one, one push up at the beginning and now I'm doing 15 straight. So it was interesting because the scale was telling them a negative message, but if you looked at physically what they could do when they started, which was maybe one incline push up, and now they're doing 15 regular push ups. It, it, you know, it, it, when you look at the whole story, it's actually a good story, regardless of what the scale says. Totally. And that's the cool thing where it's like community is, is such a beautiful and important thing because everyone has days where they feel down, where they feel frustrated, where something happens and they just don't feel good about themselves. But when you're in a community setting and you have other things that you're working towards besides just one single number, it becomes so much more holistic and you can then celebrate all of those little successes along the way that help you get towards your goal. Because so often it's like if someone wants to go from here to there and this is the final number, what about all this other space in between? There are so many wins in between. And if you don't have other types of things to be looking for, then all of that hard work gets lost. And that's often where people quit is because they're not seeing one specific type of result that they're expecting when really there's so much more going on to be celebrated. So how do you create the concept that people should, should, should um, look at it and it's a journey rather than as you're either here or there? Like how, how do you get them out of what I call the teletransportation mode where they're beamed to there? and yeah. realize that all those steps along the way are actually um, actually long-term changes to your being. Mm -hmm. Well, my approach is very much through encouragement and support versus, you know, maybe some other types of trainers where it's, it's more intense. Um, I want people to work hard, but I've found that people respond better to, hey, like this may not feel great for you now, but look what you have to look forward to because uh, people have 
often so many other stresses and negative things going on in their life. They don't need a trainer yelling at them again um, about what they're not doing or what they're not achieving. And so often, so many people that I work with are their own worst critics and their own worst enemies in the sense of, of their mindset and how they think about their workouts and their food and their body in general. And so it's like, if I can provide them with alternatives that show encouragement, it's really a positive thing. So, um, and I'll say, you know, things that are direct where I'm like, I truly believe you should throw out your scale and here is why, because of those things that I was just talking about before, but here's what you can focus on instead. So it's not just this ambiguous thing. It's very much like, here are the other action steps that I want you to be focusing on. I want you to focus on progress in your workouts. So you don't need to do it perfectly every single day, but you're going to make a little bit of progress. So maybe that means you get one more push up in your working set. Maybe that means you increase the weight on the dumbbells that you're doing. I want you to focus on, um, photos. How, how are you, how's your body transforming in photos? If you have aesthetic goals, cause it's so much easier to, to look at a photo from day one to day 30 and be able to see that progress. But when you're just looking at yourself in the mirror every single day, you don't see those small increments of changes. I can't tell you how many times like, and you've experienced this too in the groups where it's like, people are like, Oh, I didn't think I was making any progress. And then I looked at my day one photos and I was blown away. I mean, time and they're remarkable. Right? Yeah. yeah. They're remarkable. It's so it's like, it's such a cool thing. Like, of course I, I get so excited, you know, seeing that and seeing people's transformations, especially when they don't feel like they're making progress. But the biggest thing that I think is so exciting is when people, you know, they lean into it and they, they buy into these things and they look at some of these other soft factors versus just the hard number on the scale. And they start realizing, Oh my gosh, I, I had pizza and I didn't feel stressed about it. And then the next day I chose a nutritious meal, got in my workout and I felt great. You know, just helping people develop these life skills is one of the most rewarding things I've ever experienced. So I want to, I want to go into that a little bit, what I call the mythology of, of fitness. And I kind of feel like there are a lot of trainers out there that watch too many Rocky movies <laughs> where he went to Siberia and he dragged sleds and, Oh, totally. And, and um, my experience with people and my experience in my own past till I got to a certain point where I realized my body at 58 couldn't do the things it could do at 30 is that people have this notion that fitness has to be constantly adversative, that you constantly have to push your body to the limits. Or if you don't have two hours a day to be in the gym, um, like some of the fitness professionals we see all over Instagram and Facebook and other forms of social media, where their job is literally to train all day. Totally. Um, how do you um, how do you think that mythology impacts a lot of people who are just trying to get better as everyday people? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple things that are that go into that. So, you know, one is, is the idea of social media and what you see on Instagram of, of the highlight reel and how that can just be so, uh, you know, not a full picture of someone's life. They, they don't wake up like that. <laughs> and, you know, and like you said, some of them, that, that really is their job and that's what they do. And that's, you know, a contributing factor to why they look the, the way they look, but it also doesn't mean that they're happy people. You know what I mean? Like, I think that sometimes people 
think if I look like this, then that equals happiness. But I can tell you in my own personal experience, I, uh, in college, I had an eating disorder. I was anorexic and I had exercise bulimia, which meant I compulsively overexercise. At my lowest weight, I hated myself the most. At my lowest body fat percentage, I thought that I was the worst human being of all time, that I would never amount to anything. So body composition, the weight on the scale don't equal happiness. And I think that that's something that a lot of people expect, um, but isn't quite a reality. And so that's why I think it's really important to focus on uh, so many of the other factors. And then the, the way that you look is a byproduct of, of how you know, you don't have to spend hours in the gym, but focus on quality workouts instead of having to just focus on spending 60 minutes in the gym. You know, it, it's so much better to have quality than quantity. So I, I've noticed um, on the app, I've gone through several of the challenges, but I've also noticed several of the workout series. Some of them are only like 20 minutes. Yeah. And if you do those 20 minute series every day, I think what you, you suggested is, that's going to give you a lot of benefits. You don't need an hour every day. Right. Is that fair? Absolutely, absolutely. My workouts are never more than an hour, like ever. And if they are, it's because I went on a hike with my friends and that was my workout for the day. You know what I mean? I, I think that it's really important to understand that there are certain types of workouts that are gonna yield different results. So it's important to understand the difference in you know what, oh, you know, a run, a five mile run will affect your body differently than lifting for 40 minutes, you know? So it's important to understand that, but it doesn't mean that you have to always spend a specific amount of time. It's more about the quality of what you're doing, how hard you're working during your workout period. And then also the types of workouts that you're choosing make a big difference as well. So I heard you say in one of the, um, online Facebook discussions you hosted, someone asked you a question about what if I break up my workout into mm -hmm. chunks? And I was surprised by your answer. Yeah. Which is, a, which is a very positive answer. Can you share it with our listeners? Totally. So I don't specifically remember that question, but just in general, <laughs> this is well, my you philosophy. Have, you right? get asked a lot of questions. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they're just coming in right and left. So just in general, my, my philosophy with workouts is do the best you can with what you have. Work hard when you can, but if you have to cut it short for some reason, that's totally fine. So honestly, if you have to break it up throughout the day, that's fine if that's what you can do to be able to stay consistent. I think that sometimes people expect that they have to have, you know, get in this perfect workout or this perfect meal, otherwise it doesn't count. But if you split it up, that's completely fine if that's what works for you and your schedule to allow you to be consistent. That's, um, I think, a really, really sage piece of advice, particularly because in the legal profession, one of the things that contributes to the mental health crisis is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. We're taught that what we submit to the court has to be flawless, can't have a typo. We're taught that um, we have to hit certain deadlines and certain billable hour requirements, and we have to be in the office a certain amount of time, and there's no, there's no gray area. And I think that you know, what the studies are showing is that that perfectionism is a catalyst for, for, for people creating sort of um, a perpetual state of over expectation of themselves. Mm -hmm. That makes any sense. Absolutely. And so as we've seen, you know, colleagues and we've seen our clients and we've seen people cope with being at home in a whole new dilemma. I mean, really thousands and thousands of lawyers 
who were judged not only by the quality of their work, but how many hours they build and how often they were in the office were deployed to their homes mm -hmm. in days sometimes. And massive firms had to basically go remote in a very short period of time. We, we, we've seen people struggle with the adaptation that they're not getting on the subway early, going to the gym and then going into the office, but they're now at home. And they have to try and figure out when to exercise when their kids are in school and they're not on Zoom calls, um, which ironically we're on a Zoom call, although I've, yeah. <laughs> I've grown to despise them. Um, um, the good thing is I think it's been about eight months since I've actually worn um, something other than shorts. <laughs> well, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and it's this, it, it's this sort of measurement against the notion that there's a perfect workout. Right. Yeah, it's, that's something that plagues a lot of people. And it's true for workouts. It's true for nutrition. It's true for work-life balance. There, there's so much pressure uh, that is put on people, you know, whether that be um, outside pressures and expectations or just self-induced. Like there's just so much uh, pressure for perfectionism and we don't need to live that way. You know, certainly like we all want our lawyers to be very thorough and, and like all of those things. But it's like when we think about our lives, like we want to set ourselves up so that we can really be successful in a lot of the ways, learn from mistakes to be able to improve. But you know, when it comes to workouts and, and nutrition and all of those things, it's like, let's just do the best we can with what we have and be able to create a balance that's sustainable. Um, you said something not so long ago about people getting stressed about the way their clothes fit and you're mm -hmm. like, get clothes that fit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's so interesting because I, I have worked with countless people who are like, they have their, their gold jeans and in their words, their skinny jeans, right? Where it's whatever size to them feels that way. Or it's their like pair of high school jeans or something. It's like, that, that's, that just would not work for 99.999% of people. Um, but I, I think that sometimes people have this idea that like they have to be this or they're not going to love themselves and they're not going to be confident. Uh, but I say, honestly, just find clothes that fit you well, that, that help you feel confident as you are right now. Certainly there's nothing wrong with wanting to make adjustments to how your body looks, but if it becomes this thing that is all consuming every single day, it's like, we need to fix that heart problem before we get to the other stuff. So if the jeans are feeling uncomfortable, get new jeans or wear your sweatpants. So you're not thinking about it constantly. So I sense in your approach, yours and Dennis's approach that there is really a mind-body connection. It's about the whole person. Even though you don't talk always in those terms, yeah. like a yogi, yeah. um, you are talking about readjusting the perspective as much as you are changing the body. Is that a fair, fair observation? Absolutely. It has to start with the mindset because if it doesn't, then it's only a means to an end. It's only a workout program for a specific amount of time. It's only, you know, a quote unquote diet. Um, I, I think that it's really important for people to have a holistic approach in everything and, and have it all interconnected because it really all, it, it's all 
interconnected. <laughs> it's really important to have all of the aspects and create a lifestyle in all of it. So as, as you and Dennis have built your company, and the community seems to be the secret sauce. Mm. I mean, there are lots of workouts and there are a lot of trainers doing workouts and there's a lot of similarity in exercises um, or could be, can be. And, and, and a lot of trainers could even put together similar combinations. But your secret sauce seems to be the community. And I think that that's something I'd like to explore with you a little bit because right now, um, when a lot of people can't go to the gym or are frankly legitimately too fearful to go to the gym, um, ways of cultivating community seem to be important to, you know, taking this whole person approach. And, and I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. And I'm curious what, what motivated you to create the community the way you have, which is essentially people from all over the world supporting each other. Yeah. Well, our vision was to simplify health and fitness and help people truly uh, experience things that they never have um, and also be able to connect people to others who have the same types of goals where they may not have otherwise been able to find those people. I mean, like you said, we have people from all over the world and it's really amazing uh, when, we, when we do this online to be able to connect with people that we never would have met otherwise. So. Um, you know, it's, it's really important for us because we're all online and a big piece about, you know, workouts is often uh, a gym setting. We don't have a gym setting. We're all on the interwebs. So how do we recreate that energy, um, in, in an online space? And so we've really been so blessed by having amazing people find us and being a part of the community, people like you who, who really are our leaders and um, just have people's hearts, you know, as, as something that they want to connect with as well. So it's been a really cool thing to be able to have a broad reach because we've grown over time, but also what makes this community is the people in it. So we, we feel blessed to be leaders in that, but also it just, it comes back to the human beings who are a part of it, so. Do you find that in all the work you've done in fitness over the years that people who have at least a network or some, some people who are engaged with them at, at the level of, in, in, in shared goals about, about fitness do better than people who try to do it alone or in isolation? Honestly, yeah, I, I think that it's really important to, to develop like as an individual, like working on fitness goals, having encouragement and accountability is a super important thing because it's, it's so easy to get busy. It's so easy to be like, oh, I just don't feel like it today. And some days you need to listen to that, right? Like if you truly are sore, like it's good to listen to that and give your body rest, but also it's important to stay consistent. And sometimes being uh, in community is a really great way to get the support and encouragement that you need, but also be there for someone else. It, it's pretty cool. Like when you are able to give and, and be able to give support, you also receive in that because it helps them so much and, and seeing their appreciation is, is often just as rewarding. Now, do you ever work out in a gym? Um, well, when they're open sometimes, yeah, I, so I, I love to, uh, I love to actually work out with friends. So, uh, in this past year, 
I was doing a lot of traveling and I have friends who have gyms and just like hitting people up and being like, Hey, I'd love to meet you. Let's get in a workout. Um, so when I travel, I like to, to go to different gyms and stuff, but I, I do a lot of workouts at home and especially in this last, what is it? Six, six months. months. Um, yeah. I've definitely been hitting all the home workouts. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think that's important, but I think the other thing you said is that you can find fitness communities out there that are accepting that are, are, are virtual. Yeah, totally. And that's the cool thing. Like what, how blessed are we that we live in this day and age where we can have that? Like even 10 years ago, that, that wasn't really a thing. So it's, it's pretty cool to be able to see the tools that we have. And certainly there's pros and cons to social media, but what a cool thing to be able to like use it in a positive way to really connect with others and have deep and meaningful relationships. Like we have people that have been with us for, for years, like six, seven years. And like they're, they're like family, even though they've never met in person, they live across the world from each other. It's, yep. it's a pretty unique thing. It is a unique thing. I'm going to pose a hypothetical to you. I never do this, but I'm going <laughs> to go back to my lawyer days. Suppose you're, um, you're a young lawyer at home. You have kids that are now doing remote learning. You have a spouse that's constantly underfoot and you're not used to spending nearly as much time as you and Dennis spend together, but a third of the time that they spend together and you just don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. Take us through kind of how you, and it doesn't matter whether it's a man or woman, because I think sometimes we over, we over um, emphasize the, the struggles between men and women. And sometimes there are legitimate gender differences, mm -hmm. but how does someone who's just feeling overrun get started? With workouts? With workouts and, and maybe rethinking their approach to food. Because that's a real scenario that happens every single day. So I would say choose something that feels sustainable. Um, like start small and then build up as you get into practice. So like if you have all of those things going on, it's not going to be realistic to try and get in six hour and a half workouts per week. It's not going to be realistic to meal prep all of your meals and all of your snacks for every single person in your household if you don't have time to even, you know, cook one meal yourself right now. You know, so, so I think part of getting started is setting expectations to a realistic level. And, and that would be, okay, I could, I could set aside 20 minutes three times this week. I know that my kid naps from this time to this time and the spouse is gonna run an errand. So I am going to get in 20 minutes right here and, and just move my body for 20 minutes. Maybe if you're just starting out, that's a walk. Um, yep. Maybe if you're a little bit more intermediate or advanced, you get in a 20 minute HIIT workout. And that is amazing and that's super successful. You know, and, and figuring out, okay, for, for nutrition, maybe I'm not going to have you know, all of these meals perfectly planned out, but what can I do to make healthy dinners this week? What can I do to choose some very nutritious options? Okay, let's, let's just add in vegetables, <laughs> you know? Like, let's just add it in versus trying to take things away. Let's just add it in. And that's a really simple way to start. It, it, two things kind of hit me as you were saying that. Um, I don't know if you follow country music at all, but I'm a, a huge, uh, I'm a huge Tim McGraw fan. Oh, cool. And, and Tim McGraw had 
really revolutionized his body basically because his wife, who's also a superstar, Faith Hill, told him he had to get his life together. Mm-hmm. He wrote an amazing fitness book called Grit and Grace. And anybody that's seen him on stage knows he's, he's just lean and ripped. But he said he started by walking mm-hmm. 30 minutes a day wow. because he was so out of shape. And it struck me that, okay, there's a guy that looks like that who started off just walking. Yeah to build a baseline. And I think the other thing is that we can't all plan perfectly our meals, but the one thing that struck me is we can certainly stock our pantry with interchangeable ingredients that are healthy. Mm -hmm. Totally. Just like a little bit of planning. It doesn't have to be perfect, but what are some ways that we can add in some nutritious foods to be able to uh, get a little bit higher quality nutrients than we did yesterday? You know, it doesn't have to be perfect to be able to make progress. Well, I know one thing you would never give up is Friday pizza night. Oh, never. That's very important to me. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, Anybody that follows your community knows pizza night is sacred. Yes, it is. It's the best. I'm looking very much forward to it this week. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, we've covered a lot of ground and... um, if you could sum up sort of your philosophy in two sentences, which I always hate when people do that to me because yeah. I'm long-winded, but <laughs> if, if you could sort of boil it down to two or three sentences that people could just walk away here with some pragmatic advice, what would they be? Yeah, my, my go-to mantras are consistency over time and progress, not perfection. When you focus on these two things, it takes off the pressure. It allows you to get into healthy habits and be able to make transformation over time. And that's, you know, in, in body transformation, in mind transformation, it's all important and it's all interconnected. So when you focus on consistency over time and progress over perfection, that's when everything changes because you can get into those habits and be able to sustain them for life. Those are phenomenal words to live by. Do you want to share with the audience how they can um, find HitBurn and you on the various forms of communication out there? Yes, absolutely. So uh, HitBurn, you can find us at HitBurn.com. There's two I's. Uh, so H-I-I-T-B-U-R-N.com. You can see all of our things there. We have an app that you can get in that both the Apple and the Android store that, yeah, just has a lot of great workouts to help you be able to feel stronger uh, and healthier. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, just at Hipburn. And then my personal Instagram is the Daily Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y. And that's where I share a lot about relationship with food and exercise in your body and just try to be encouraging for people. Well, I am remarkably grateful that you were able to carve time out of what I know is a busy schedule and be our guest. So thank you very much for that. Discover how Major Lindsay in Africa can help you navigate the legal landscape at www.mlaglobal.com.